Well, welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles. We're here. We're doing it. We're out there. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. We uh, we got a fun show for you today. We're going to be talking about cocktails and uh, and NBA storylines. Right, George? Yeah, this is uh, part one of our uh, two-part uh, NBA episode. Um, uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review on uh, whatever platform you do listen to our uh, podcast, whether it's Spotify or uh, Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So please rate and review us. Um, uh, yeah, no, this is uh, super exciting because uh, it seems like it was just the other day that the NBA season just ended, and now we're starting again. I think it starts December 22nd, which I believe is next week. So here at Know Your Roles, we're doing a two-part episode in which we're talking about uh, some of the things we're looking forward to. And uh, again, with the NBA, and we love the NBA on, on, on this podcast. Yeah, and thank God it's coming back so soon because even if it is fleeting <laughs> or, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, because – Something it, we we could use something. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm always I'm always starved for content, and so the uh, the NBA coming back and this this is probably one of the more interesting NBA seasons uh, of of recent note, considering the world that we live in right now and uh, the players going different way. This is a player empowerment age uh, era, so we're I mean we're just excited just to talk about what's going on in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting because you know so many. Not only uh, they didn't get any time, you know what I mean? It's like uh, such a quick turnaround and things are so, I don't, I feel like none of us really know what to expect. No, I mean, like we was like, we missed summer league. We missed Vegas. Like the draft happens and uh, the, uh, the NBA off season happens basically in the same month. And a lot happened with basically in the same week. So it's uh yeah, no, the, the, the season is like, it's definitely ramped up and jump started into into uh into a new thing i i've always enjoyed this part of the year anyway because uh college football and football is winding down a little bit towards the end of their season and christmas always felt like a time to really start to get in the nba even though it starts in late october correct early november i always found like the nba season started for me christmas day so yeah and that'll be next week yeah i think that's a jumping off point for a lot of people it's kind of when the schedule gets tighter obviously christmas day the games are like a big deal you know it's like a triple header or whatever the national uh nationally televised games usually the the most entertaining teams yeah it's a it's kind of a jumping off point for the for the whole season it's always been like a real honor for players to play on christmas day which i've always thought was kind of weird which is funny because i think that if you look i think that like i i I want to say I've read this somewhere, but I I don't remember off the top of my head. But I think like uh, it's it's mixed, right? It's like the guys with like families and stuff. Like they don't want to be; they just want to be at home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they like I think I saw Dwayne Wade like a couple years ago. It's like it's awesome. It's cool that like it's an honor, and I'll take it seriously and I'll play. But like I'm not gonna lie, like you know, don't quote me on that. I don't know. I don't remember if that was him or not. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I I could understand the sentiment. You mean like damn. I got to work on the holiday, but, uh, as a bartender, I've worked a lot of, a lot of those days, a lot of those Christmas days. I'm sure you have as well, George, sometimes in that field, you don't get days off. So we know how that goes. I can't remember a time when I didn't work Christmas. Yeah. There's been a few, but like for the most part, I actually didn't mind it because like the, the people that came in were definitely throwing money at you. It's not, it's not the worst. No, it's not. I don't celebrate Christmas, so uh, I I used to offer to work 
that day generally unless i had like plans to be out of town or something but uh but yeah it's not it's not a terrible day because people are generally in good spirits the people that are there want to be there mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's like it's nice no it's historically from like usually the 22nd or the 23rd until about the end of the year i actually don't even i don't even drink because like i just usually work all those sh- all those shifts and uh for me like that week is what i would use to go to Puerto Rico or something in January where, where everybody's suffering in the cold weather on the East coast. Yeah. I'm not going to the beach cause I hate the beach, but I'm just saying it was like, as it gives me an opportunity to get out of town, but somewhere with the beach. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere with the beach. I can't stand the beach. It's like an asteroid. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever said that to me before, but it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't like day activities or the outside. <laughs> so, uh yeah i'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna <laughs> no I, i'm a vampire vampires we operate at night so yeah that's fair that's fair goes with the territory it's funny i uh i it not have you know i'm not working in a bar right now i haven't been since uh the pandemic hit and my schedule is totally flipped i mean i'm it's funny i'm texting people at like eight in the morning and people are like, what the fuck are you doing awake right now? Like I called my mom before nine and she's like, what's, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm just wait. I just wake up norm at normal times now because I don't mm. work till 5am. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like I was getting up late. Cause I, you know, it was cause I couldn't get up any earlier physically. Yeah. I guess it is a weird aesthetic. I fell asleep on the couch, but I still was up by like eight 30 because I'm not staying out late. And I'm, I'm actually taking, I take like, yeah, several days off in a row. Drink not drinking is really bizarre. Really? Yeah, it's like it's good. I was thinking. I was thinking. It's like if I had known what like during COVID, what I what how much I could get accomplished, but just not going out on Tuesday, <laughs> it'd be fucking incredible. Well, uh, yeah, we're still in the same reality, so you still got time to uh, you know move the move the productive the production needle to the to the good side. Yeah, I mean, if you had, I'm a, I'm, I'm one of those people. Just like, if you haven't accomplished anything during, during any of this, then you ain't about shit anyway. So, there's that script that you're working on, or whatever, <laughs> or that podcast you wanted to start. <laughs> if you haven't done it now, you'll never do it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. So uh, let's let's get into it, George. What's uh, what's on your bar today? Um, just a couple things, and uh, just very quick. But they're all they're all related to the same thing. It's like uh. The 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 NFL is going to be playing games on Saturday, which which kind of stinks because this is conference championship weekend, and uh, I'm going to be definitely glued to the TV. I love college football, as it has been well documented on this podcast. Uh, Alabama's playing Florida. Um, uh, Alabama's favored by 17 and a half. Shout out to Joel Wachowski, um, uh, former uh, Notre Rolls guest, and then uh, the other big game is Clemson versus Notre Dame, which is like for the ACC title. Uh, along with those games are two NFL games, so it's going to be a whole full slate of of NFL and college, and I, it's going to be kind of, kind of an odd weekend for 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 all of us. But super excited about this weekend as far as uh, football goes. And then my my team plays on Sunday. Uh, they are five and one in their last six games. Winners of four straight, including beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's the uh, the Washington football team. So there, I don't like when NFL analysts or even analysts say they control their own destiny because that's not how destiny works. <laughs> It's a stupid saying that people say. It's like, they control their own destiny. It's like, no. 
like, I never really thought about it like that before, but you're absolutely right. It's like if you look up that word in the dictionary, that's not how it that's not what it means. Yeah, you can't control destiny. You can't control destiny. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they are six and seven, and if they win their next three ball games, which they which they may, they or they go into the the, uh, the tournament, as they call it, in the NFL playoffs, and they get to play a home game. And uh, what was weird was, like, in the first few months of the season, the NFC East was actually quite terrible. But the past few weeks, they have been – they've gone at actually 9-6, and six, and they've been one of the, the hotter conferences in the, uh, in the, in the league. Shout-out to uh, the lineman guy, Sweat, Young, and Payne, which sounds like a, an R&B group. And uh, we got Holcomb and Suttle and Curl on defense, and then, like – we got my, my, my guy, Antonio Gibson, who went to the University of Memphis. Shout out. Jack Real has got those guys playing at an elite level, even though I also hate that word, too. But uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, my six and seven watch football team playing Seattle at home. Hopefully we can pull this thing out. Dave, what's in your bar? All right. Well, uh, uh, my bar, first thing I want to mention is uh, the Cleveland baseball team finally changed its racist name and when i say finally changed they didn't just wake up one day and be like oh we we don't want to profit off of uh indigenous culture anymore no they were pressured to change it and just briefly i just want to mention a couple of those groups that were partly responsible for that one is ndn collective another is the red nation red nation movement also very briefly red nation they have an amazing podcast that i highly recommend the red nation podcast uh, also, Illuminatives, they're another group. Like I said, they, these guys were partly responsible for this. They're partly responsible as well for Washington changing its name. And there's still a couple more names left. There's still some more teams uh, to uh, to go. So I would recommend looking into those organizations and reading about what they're doing and supporting them. Uh, also, very, very quickly, uh, I just got the alert on my phone just 20 minutes before we got on this, but slightly related because these groups were also involved in pressuring Joe Biden to appoint Deb Haaland as uh, Secretary of the Interior, which just happened, which is fantastic. First indigenous person nominated for the cabinet. That's awesome. And yeah, great. So like I said, NDN Collective, Red Nation Movement, Illuminatives, check those out. Now, just want to do like a very quick entertainment roundup of uh, a couple of things that I have mentioned and then got into. One is that Kid Cudi record. It's got some tracks on it. It's got some tracks. It's like, it's not amazing, but it it's real moody. It's like the whole thing is like, as they say, it's a vibe. <laughs> and uh, it definitely is reminiscent to the first couple. Also, something we mentioned, you mentioned, George, a couple of episodes ago is the new make the stallion album yo it's really good first of all this woman had a hell of a year i mean she this woman got shot and everybody made fun of her for it and then what does she do she comes back with a fucking number one album and she's taking over everything and yo the album it's it's dope pretty good i really like how raw and stripped down it is it's really reminiscent to me of like old school southern texas shit like it sounds like ugk you know what i mean like or or like also some west coast it's like very nwa inspired or like i mean obviously she has the song that remake of the easy song uh you know boys in the hood she changed it to girls in the hood but uh yeah that album that album is super dope i had a couple of movies and stuff but you know what i'm gonna save them i'm gonna save them for next time so that's uh that's it for me for my bar. Yeah, just one one quick thing. Have you seen uh two things? Cleveland is like they're giving the uh they're they're gonna t- 
change the name next year. And I forget who said it is like they said that as if they're giving the uh, the terrible name a uh, victory lap, which I thought was a little odd. Jesus. And then uh, they already had a cool name. They had a cool name before they became the Indians. And I'm hoping that's what they changed their name back to. They were the Cleveland Spiders. And that name, that name and logo. I looked it up. Me, my buddy, uh, shout out to Matt Wayne. We we're talking about it. There's like the, the logo with the spider and the C. That is sick. So. <laughs> I agree. It is sick, and that's been that's been one of the names suggested. To to that point, real quickly, uh, I just want to you know I said this in shouting out those orgs, but yeah, let's never pat a professional sports organization on the back for doing the right thing. They've been literally profiting off this shit for like a hundred fucking years. So like, you know what I mean? It's like the orgs that, that really made this happen and the public pressure. And yeah, that's great. And, and like a one year thing, it's like, yo, they could, they could all do this shit whenever they want. You know what I mean? It's not like we have to do this. We have to do that. And yeah. The spiders. That's a great name. Great name. The logo is on, is out of control. Good. Yeah. You know, as long as they are respectful of spiders and everything like that. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that out. I don't want to. Uh... No, you should keep that in. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You should definitely keep that in. All right. <laughs> so this is uh, part one of the of our two-part NBA preview. Now, here at the Know Your Roles, we're not just going to just say something about a team and then say something about what they did and blah, 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 blah. We try to make it fun. That's the reason why it's called the Know Your Rolls podcast. And we've assigned some of our favorite cocktails to some of our favorite NBA storylines. And we're also going to shout out some of our favorite bartenders and some favorite bars too. So when we all like, when the, this all comes back, Lord knows when that'll be, well, this is some of the places I'm definitely going to hit up to, to take advantage of some of these drinks. So I'll, I'll start it off. And uh, I'm gonna li- we're gonna name the cocktail first, and then the NBA storyline that we're comping it to. And I'm gonna start off with my favorite cocktail, which is a uh, cocktail invented in 2005. Shout out to Sam Ross at Attaboy, and that is the penicillin. That is uh, two ounces of blended scotch, three quarter ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, three quarter ounce of honey, ginger syrup, ice, of course. One quarter ounce of scotch, usually Lafroy, because there's a different kind of another scotch with that. It's gotta be Isla Scotch. Yeah, Iowa Scotch is like, and it's a uh, and a candied ginger garnish, the penicillin. That is a, an A plus cocktail. Again, that was invented by Sam Ross at, at Attaboy, and and because it's my favorite cocktail, I'm going to assign it to one of my favorite storylines, if not my favorite storyline. And that's not even that's not even going to include my favorite team. And as uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, can they do it? Can Coach Bud, with a two time MVP? Get the team over the hump because uh, the additions they got, Drew Holiday, who I've always liked, DJ Augustine, Tory Craig, who I definitely like, Bobby Portis. I'm kind of go back and forth. I just wouldn't fuck with him. It's big. <laughs> He's not somebody you want to trifle with on and off the court. But it was like, did they make enough moves to get over the hump? Because the top of the East is going to be very good. Miami, we already know. The, they played in the finals. And then, of course, it's like Toronto's always going to be good. Philadelphia's going to be good. And a few teams uh, may be halfway decent. And that's Indiana and Washington. But did they make enough to get over the hump? And the fact that uh, Giannis is like re-up with them and signed the Super Match, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, it's not a big win for small markets, but it's a win for the city of Milwaukee because it shows that if you have a star in your city, it's going to elevate everything around you. And if they had he left, I think the team would have been dog shit. So, I think it's a win for all small markets, totally, because it... Well, I mean, like, I guess it's like, in a way, yay, in a way yes and no. I mean, like, uh, it's like our, our Oklahoma City and Indiana got to look and say, hey, listen, you saw what Giannis did in Milwaukee. But it is kind of cool that, like, there's like, I'm wearing a Baltimore Orioles shirt. 
Uh, but like, it is kind of cool to like, th- th- somebody didn't leave to go to those bigger programs, which is nice. Totally. Well, for the more Damian Lillard's and the more Giannis's and even somebody like a Steph Curry, even though they had one, but uh, you know, that, that stay in the place because they want to build something in the place. That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it also helps that like he is Greek and then didn't fall into like the AAU system. Like I think had he had been like a guy from America that grew up playing basketball with so-and-so and so-and-so from eighth grade, I think the story may have been different, but he's not like that. So You're right. And I just heard something about him, you know, with this news too, that was talking about because of his upbringing and he has a strong sense of community and he correct really values that what what has been kind of galvanized around him in Milwaukee like how they have embraced him and like he has become part of that that community so yeah cool awesome What's your first cocktail all right so my first cocktail is not a cocktail <laughs> but it's something that people order like it's a cocktail and it it's not a it, it's something awful, but uh, it it des- definitely compares to an NBA storyline. And the drink I'm talking about is the Long Island iced tea. And now to a bartender, that's not a drink. <laughs> it's not really a drink. It's literally just a bunch of alcohol thrown in a fucking glass. Technically, it is all the clear liquors, you know, and you're gonna have equal parts. So tequila, gin, white rum, <laughs> and vodka. I mean. It's like, even describing it almost makes me gag. And the funniest thing about the drink is then you add triple sec, like that's going to like make a difference. (laughs) Like that's going to like build, because you know, when you're building cocktails, generally you want to build, you're building your base spirits and then your, the other things you're putting in there are like softening them or like blending them with the other things. And like this, there's none of that shit in there. And then you top it off with Coke, (laughs) which is like the most disgusting thing. And it is so like, it's like I said, it's all sugar and alcohol. So that is a recipe for disaster and it's how you throw up. <laughs> and that's why as a NBA storyline, they are the 2021 New York Knicks. <laughs> because the question you should be asking the storyline is, is this a team? <laughs> as in, is the Long Island IC a drink? And no, it's not. Also, I looked it up and apparently the Long Island IC was created in the 70s. There's, there's a, you know, like every cocktail, there's a dispute to where that they were created. Pretty much every cocktail has one, but the Long Island iced tea is funny. The one story is that it was created in the seventies by a bartender to win a competition uh, of drinks with triple sec. (laughs) So it's like, he literally just put like half an ounce of triple sec and then just every other fucking liquor in there at top of it. I mean, and that won a competition, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's why it's the Knicks. It's like a bunch of things that don't go together. (laughs) They have like six different guys to play like two different positions. They have a new coach, Tom Thibodeau. And just from the outside, like it doesn't seem like that's going to work, but I will say, like, they have some talent, you know what I mean? Just like in a Long Island iced tea, like, if you take the tequila out, it's tequila. Like, it, you can still do something good with it. So, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett maybe is the, <laughs> is the tequila. And also, I thought uh, that if you were at a bar that had a Long Island iced tea, like, on the menu, that bar would be owned by James Dolan. <laughs> or somebody as terrible as James Dolan. Um, so, yeah. Long Island Ice Tea is the Knicks. Are they a team? Is this a drink? No. <laughs> is this a drink? 
is definitely not a drink. I've worked at places they refuse. You can refuse to make that. Uh, my last place that I worked at, thank God my chef like let us do this as a rule. Just he let us say, no, uh, we don't serve them. All right, so chef chef owner rule. And as soon as you say that, yeah. nobody ever like you know has a problem with it, which I always appreciate. And, uh, either you don't serve them or you do serve them, they're $25 or something like that. Absolutely. Because the reason, you know, I didn't say this, but I don't have to say this to George, but just for every, so everybody knows, the reason that people drink them is to get fucked up as fast as possible. And if you are a bartender, that's the absolute last fucking thing you want of your patrons. Right. So I just want to say, if you do, if you are someone that likes that drink, next time, just make it at home. Yeah. Don't, don't order it. <laughs> don't order it again, please. <laughs> There is a uh, when we do part two of the of our NBA preview, I'm going to mention the uh, one of the times that was ordered out of place. Uh, it's, it's an interesting story, but it's going to go. It's going to go better with part two. <laughs> All right. uh, moving right along. So um, uh, my next drink is actually not a drink. We're we're this is Brooklyn, and we're Brooklyn bartenders. And uh, two things together for us is a and that's a drink, and that is a beer and shot, which is called the post shift. And uh, mine is uh, Budweiser and a shot of Powers, and um, uh, I usually get this at my my local one of my locals, which is Buttermilk. Shout out to my buddy Kate Martin. We're gonna put a link to her GoFundMe. She tore her meniscus uh, while working, and, and it's like bartending is already hard anyway to to not have indoor dining, but they have to, to not be able to work for the rest of the, the for at least a month. So uh, shout out to my buddy Kate Martin. And uh, and seeing that this is a drink I probably get the most at this bar that I that I get frequent the most. I'm going to talk about my favorite basketball team, which is the Washington Wizards. And uh, will they be better than a six seed, which is which I think they are constructed right now. The Wizards, uh, they got they got my guy, Denny, from Israel. They like Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans making a lot of money, everybody. he got They dropped the bag, the four-year $80 million bag for him. And then uh, Rui Hachimura, whether or not he can make that leap. I think they're going to be a very, very fun basketball team. Um, uh and uh, Russell Westbrook is is I like the Russell Westbrook experience. The nine for twenty four, the twenty seven points, the one for four from three point. But I, I with all that, I do love the intensity. And the guy shows up. And uh, I'm going to mention uh, another person later on in this this podcast. He's uh, he's about the life, and he's about that life, and he's like committed to to winning. And and if you're not about that, he doesn't want to be about you. So. The post shift is my my favorite drink of choice of beer and the, the Budweiser shot of powers. And I'm gonna talk about that was my favorite basketball team. So Washington Wizards, will they be better than a six seed? That's my storyline for the post shift. Dave. Awesome. Yeah. If you've ever wondered to yourself, or if you've ever asked the bartender, what do they drink? What do we drink? George just said it. Like, that's what we drink. A <laughs> shot in a beer. Like, I'll I'll make any number of cocktails and you know, I drink cocktails or whatever, but shot in a beer. Yeah, shot in a beer. That's that's what we want. Especially, you know, the drink is named named it. But after a long night, like, you know, I would literally come in to see George and just have a shot in a beer and bounce. <laughs> just as like a oh, I'm not I, I'm like a person again. I'm not like a, mm -hmm. I'm not working anymore, you know. Um, to cut that cord for the night. But uh all right, so I'm up. I'm gonna do one of my favorite cocktails when I am drinking cocktails, which is a Negroni. It's always been one of my favorites it's super classic it's it definitely risen in popularity in the, like the last 10 years with the trendy cocktail scene and everything and there certainly is some pretension along with it but as a drink there is no pretension it's 
delicious. It's equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. It's bitter, it's sweet, it's herbaceous. It's a delicious, delicious drink. And it's one of those drinks where, it's, like I said, it's equal parts. So everything is kind of working together and every ingredient is important. I like mine on the rocks. I like how it changes kind of as you drink it. It's an aperitif because of the Campari. It's a great thing to drink before dinner and it like whets your appetite. That's why as a storyline, as a team, it is the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics on the Negroni because they got they got a lot of pieces working together, working together really well. But we see we got to see if they're going to take the next step. You know, you got Kemba, you got Jalen Brown, and you got Jason Tatum. Those three are my my main ingredients. And then you can call like you know, but they added some new stuff. So you got Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague, all together under Brad Stevens. Uh, those are those are some good ads. I, I think it they are for that team. And I think, you know, I think, like I said, like the reason why I wanted to make them a Negroni is because they're like, they're just, they're solid, you know, and they don't a lot. I mean, Tatum has wow factor for sure. And they all do. Kemba certainly does. But like, I don't think anyone, they're not going to be most people's number one pick for the championship. But if they did make a run and say they won, I don't think anyone would be shocked. You know, they're definitely a contender, but they've been a contender for a couple of years. So it's on them to kind of like make that next step. And uh, George did an awesome thing where he shouted out bars to get to get stuff. I'm going to do something a little differently. I didn't do it the first one, but I do want to quickly shout out if you are, you know, someone who is aware of of the dire situation facing restaurants right now, which I think most of our listeners are. The I want to plug the Independent Restaurant Coalition, the IRC. They are one of the main groups behind the Restaurant Act right now, which has actually been because of groups like the IRC, which has actually been put into the CARES Act, which, of course, we know we're fucking waiting for Mitch McConnell's piece of shit ass to, like, act on. But at the same time, we don't really need to wait for that. We just need to get with these groups. And we need to, you know, see what they are doing and see how we can take action. And you can do that at saverestaurants.com. Saverestaurants.com. They're, they're working hard to get grants, to, to get federal grants, because the PPP loans didn't really work out the way that they were supposed to, if you you don't know about that. They went to a lot of people that didn't, you know, just the other day I read an article about fucking Warren Buffett received PPP loans. So it's like, you know. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, uh, the IRC, Independent Restaurant Coalition, saverestaurants.com. Check them out. Help the cause. All right. George. So since you did a uh, Negroni last, I'm going to do a, a cocktail. It was actually very similar to Negroni. And uh, this is a, another one of my favorite cocktails in America and, of course, across the world. Uh, created in the early 1900s, and that is the Hanky Panky. And uh, I got this at one of my favorite cocktail bars, if not one of my favorite bars, in New York City. And that is at Little Branch in the West Village right there right there in the corner that place is unbelievable downstairs i love the fact that your cell phone can't work there which i think is incredible um uh and for those of you who don't know what that is that is one and a half ounce of dry gin one and a half, half ounce of sweet vermouth and one and a half ounce of fernet and that is like i said one of my uh, my favorite cocktails and i'm going to sign that to one of my favorite storylines and it because it's still going on and we're not even sure by the end of this podcast it could have it could have already changed and that is uh what the hell are the Houston Rockets going to do? They made some uh, interesting additions with John Wall, of course, uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, but then they've got the the, the big 
elephant in the room is uh, is James Harden. And uh, shout out to Tim uh, Tim McMahon on uh, ESPN and his awesome article about the James Harden experience in in Houston, which sounds not good. <laughs> Yo, it it was though it was like eye opening, man. Like I was like, whoa, yeah. this guy is a terror. Like he's a yeah, like. I think yeah, the quote that it's, that, it's not good. that that really sticks out of my mind, and I think it's, it was from like a, a Houston Rocky employee who shall re- <laughs> be named nameless. It's like they just didn't want to put their name on a story, but they were saying it's like if you gave candy to a child every day, what are you going to expect when they when you don't give them candy? They're going to have a fucking tantrum. If you enable someone to to get away with fucking murder, right. what do you think they're going to do? They're going to murder someone. Yeah, <laughs> and try to get away with it. So, I mean, like the, his his experience is interesting. Not that James Harden is a murderer, but I'm just no, no, no. But like he's somebody tweeted out that he looked like Rick Ross. Uh, <laughs> he's like partying like, with like the baby and shit yeah. without like a mask on, and then go like what the fuck? Like yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to, to to party with James Harden. That sounds like a good time. The uh, I I told my buddy it's like when John Wall got traded. Uh, to Houston, it was like, well, there are better strip clubs in Houston than there are in DC. So at least we'll have a good time. <laughs> are we gonna- <laughs> but you know, well, that article made me like Russell Westbrook a lot more, man, yeah. because it explained how they why part of the reason why they clash and part of the reason why he clashed with Chris Paul is because Westbrook was about the fucking business, man, and Harden wasn't. Like he was late to every fucking meeting. Westbrook is like, fuck it, let's start. We start without him. Yeah. And everybody's like, we're gonna have to do it over again when he gets here. And he's like, I like I'm you're wasting my fucking time right now. Right. You know, and I I understand that. <laughs> like I yeah. yeah, but then like you also have to like what I, the the thing that I enjoyed about the article the the, the most is the fact that it's like you also like he'll stay a day in Vegas and then come back and then drop like fifty and a triple double. So you kind of take the good and the bad with them. It's not everybody's experience. It's like well, but that's but yeah, yeah. Well, and that's and that's what, yeah, that's what happens is because you can do that, you get away with the other shit, you know. The uh, the the one thing that kind of sinks is like this is the head coach is Stephen Silas, son of legendary Paul Silas, and this is his first like coaching job, and he's got to deal with this nonsense. It is entertaining, and I'm there for the content, and uh, I'm not really sure who's gonna who's excited about whether or not they can trade for him, whether it's Philly. I think as we got on this podcast, there was a there was an announcement that Philly, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know if anybody can come with a package. He said he wants to go to Milwaukee. He says, he was like, but uh, Giannis has already said, hilariously so, last year, when he went to draft them for the, the NBA All-Star team, he was, he was like, why don't you take James Harden with the first pick? He's like, well, I want somebody that's going on my team that can pass the ball. So <laughs> Shots fired. And I didn't think I didn't think Giannis even had it, had it in him to even be kind of funny with it. So, so no, I like, uh, I'm, I'm there for all of the content coming out of Houston, just like I am there for all of the hanky-pankies coming out of Little Branch. That drink is an amazing cocktail. Agreed. Little Branch also, I definitely a lot of uh a lot of great memories from that place. A lot of great people came through that place, worked there. One of the best bars in New York. Yeah. All right. I'm up. I'm gonna do one of my favorite cocktails of all time. It's a very strong drink. I'm a person that, you know, generally if I'm bartending and somebody wants a cocktail but they don't know what they want, the first question I ask them is if they want it sweet and citrusy or strong and boozy. Because generally, you can fit most drinks into one or two of those categories. Now, there are some exceptions. But uh, but for me, I'm a person that 
if faced with that choice, I generally take strong and boozy. <laughs> so uh, when somebody asks me that, and I and I think that they really want something strong, and they really, but they also really want to taste it. What I'm giving them is a Vucare, which is a great drink, originated in New Orleans, like many great drinks. Again, it's a uh, it's a drink that people will fight you depending on where you say it's from. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to say like who, who created it, but it is from New Orleans because like I said, like they do like carousel bar says they have a claim to it. And then there's like another bar, you know, it's a whole fucking thing. But uh, you know, New Orleans, I feel like it's one of those places where you can't go wrong. I mean, there's so many great bars in New, in New Orleans. Um, but anyway, Vucare, what it is, why it's so strong is because it has equal parts rye, cognac, and sweet vermouth. Three things that are very, very strong. But it also is rounded out because it has Benedictine and bitters. And now Benedictine is a very strong herbaceous liqueur created by Benedictine monks like way back. Which is like, that's the story for multiple uh, liqueurs and stuff. That they were like created by monasteries and monks and shit. She was it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird part of like cocktail history, but it makes sense. But, uh, but it's like, you know, a secret, uh, recipe and shit that they've been doing for hundreds of years. But anyway, and bitters. But, uh, the thing about a Vucare is the thing about any drink with, uh, multiple very strong alcohols is it needs, it requires a deft hand. Mm -hmm. It requires someone, and especially the Benedictine is a very strong ingredient, and the way that it's measured in a Vucare is by the bar spoon. And you really have to have, like, steady hands to measure with a bar spoon. And also, like, you know, yeah, like I said, you have to have a deft hand to make this drink, to make it good. Because if not, it's just a bunch of strong alcohol in a glass, and it's, like, way too abrasive and not mixed properly. But if you do it right, it is fucking delicious. And that is why... As an NBA storyline, it's the Clippers. A cl the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that has a lot of great stuff going on, a lot of great pieces. But to get them to fit together, as we saw last year when it didn't fit together, they're going to have to finesse it. And they're going to have to, like, bring, you know, they're going to have to access Paul George somehow. They're also going to have to make it through the season, you know. Like, I think that's going to be one of their big... Uh, their big storylines this season of how much they're going to play together in the regular season because we saw, you know, obviously there was a hiatus with the shutdown and then the restart and everything. But we saw that they just, they didn't really have the chemistry on the court. And also, I mean, this is me reaching and I have no evidence to say this other than like my own two eyes. But like, it didn't seem like those guys, like if they had stronger personal connections to each other like part of the reason they don't because they it's a new team but i think they didn't have that much fight in the playoffs you know like we saw them kind of like give up i mean you know we saw them not perform when a lot of people were there wasn't any like they just didn't play well they didn't play well at all and they are fully capable and they also uh some interesting additions for this season not to mention they've replaced doc rivers with tyron Lou, which and some subtractions of yes, keep going. Uh, yeah, which is a subtraction, but uh, yeah. but also they're adding Sergi Baca to that team. Who I like. They're adding some deep bench players in Nick Batum and who I don't like and uh, 
Luke Kennard. No, but is there a world in which you could see him salvage the last year or two of his career by being, you know, a 10 to 15 minute role player for a really good team? Uh, I hope so. I Maybe. think he stinks, but go right. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but it's an, it'll be interesting to see if he brings anything. But, but uh, you know, like they had to re they, they lost Montreal Harrell to your point, which I think is a, was a big, big loss for them, but they did, they got Ibaka and, also, like, how does the, the zoo box get better? And they have a full season of uh, Markeith Morris and Reggie Jackson. And, you know, like I said, based on last year, we have to say that it's going to take some finesse for them to come back. But I think that the talent is there. I think that that doesn't change. You know, I mean, when you can put Paul George and Kawhi on the court together at full strength, you have a shot. You have a shot to beat most teams, you know, on any given. They're still they're still missing one thing that a lot of uh, NBA people are upset that they didn't address is like they don't have a point guard and that's Kawhi and Paul George's uh, skill set is not bringing the ball up, which I think they were asked to do a lot of last year, which is why they kind of folded. And I also don't think the I like the Morris twins uh, actually a lot due to the fact that they they tell it like it is, but like uh, if you push back, they're bullies and you push back the bullies. They're going to bow down, and they but he bowed down to uh, that Denver team. You're right. Yeah. I mean, plus he was trying to push Paul Millsaps, who yeah. I mean, nobody, there's no way I'm talking about Paul Millsaps. Yeah, the guy's a tree trunk. <laughs> All right. So I just to finish that up, I do want to shout out one more organization, which is Roar New York, R-O-A-R, which is Relief Opportunities for All Restaurants, which these guys are doing an amazing thing. They are providing individual cash grants to people out of work who worked in the restaurant industry. It's it's truly, you know, it's it's amazing. And I, I highly recommend checking them out. That's R-O-A-R. New York spelled out N E W Y O R K dot org. And you can donate to them to help out. You can also apply for a grant if you are someone who's listening to this who is a restaurant worker who's out of work. Personally feel your pain. It's it's a rough go. Um, but uh there are resources and there are, you know, that's one of the things that I think we've all seen. You know, we'll just talk the restaurant industry because that's what we're talking, but over the past, you know, over this pandemic. It is something that people come together and people try to rally around and not only from within, but from without. And, you know, if you have been involved in that, just keep, keep involved because, you know, we, we, uh, we need our restaurants and we need, uh, we need that industry in this country for sure. All right, George. So the next cocktail I'm going to talk about is, and that's just going to, I'm also going to talk about my local, and when I mean local, I mean like across the street from my house where I live in Brooklyn. And uh, and this is uh, this is another cocktail I enjoy very much. So and that is the Gold Rush, which in essence is a the bourbon version of a is it bee's knees? Is that correct? Bourbon version of a bee's knees. Correct. So two ounces of bourbon, three quarter ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounce of uh, honey syrup. And again, I get this at my local. Shout out to Quarter Bar and shout out to my buddies uh, Mickey and David and uh, Liz over at Quarter Bar. Um, hang in there, guys. Quarter Bar is an underrated uh, cocktail bar to begin with. It's a fantastic bar. I used to live right around the corner. David, the owner, he's a he's a phenomenal guy, a great bartender. Super yeah. nice guy. So seeing that I talked about my local bar and I talked about my favorite cocktail to get at that local bar, I'm going to talk about a local storyline, and that is going to be the the team that plays less than 
two miles from my house in the other direction, and that is the Brooklyn Nets and whether or not the uh, these that team can coexist. And if is help on the way, do they sacrifice their bench to get one more star player, which I don't think they should. But it's like given what they have now, I think they have enough to be the number one seed in the East, if not the best team in the East, if all these guys can come back and uh, all these guys, these two guys can come back and, and uh, be – what they used to be. And I, after watching some of that game the other night, granted it's the preseason, they only played the first quarter of it. Durant looks like he might be all the way back. And uh, Irving, as long as he doesn't say anything stupid, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very much uh, in tune to what they got going on. Uh, they, they got the coaching staff. That's, that's basically Phoenix suns 15 years later uh, out East. <laughs> Yeah, Amari is uh, is coaching too, right? He's hired Amari to be it. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, he is. I saw a video of Amari is like dunking in the layup line, and they're like, "Uh, is this guy a co-? like he could still like we might need him?" <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm I I like I'm hoping that they stick with the two stars and the deep bench as compared to the three stars and no bench because. Because if you're talking about if they trade for Harden, right? If they trade for Harden, which I don't think they should. But I don't either because you have to give up Karis LeVert, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, ha- and multiple picks, and probably picks and pick swaps. Yeah. It's, so yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't love that. But but like the, the, the I think I started five, but when they roll it out, it's going to be actually pretty good. So and uh, there's like as long as everybody is like uh, okay with the role. I think they're going to be a, a formidable, uh, formidable team. The the thing is, you have to be okay with the role. Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie are like twenty six and twenty seven, which means they're looking to get paid. So coming off the benches, and that's just not how you get paid for some folks, especially if they're guys who know they can start in this league. So there might be a, there might be a little some a bit of that going on. But I think early on, because the fact that I don't see Irving and Durant playing a lot of games together. That's where that's where they're gonna get fed, and that's how they're gonna get their money for next year. For next year, um, uh, even though I think Spencer just signed. He like, signed. He okay. He I I think more more Lavert than than Dinwiddie because yes, yeah. Dinwiddie was a guy who was basically out of the league. He was uh, in the G League and passed yeah. around. The Bulls actually had him and then didn't fucking sign him. And the Nets took a chance on him and gave him a shot and gave him playing time, and he fucking exploded. And he worked himself in like he's got a a good contract for the fact that he was like he was basically a year from being out of the league if he didn't get an opportunity. Correct. Um, Lavert is a guy who like he's been on the ascent, but he's been hurt, and then they got these other guys. So it's like we don't know what he how they how they even view him. Right. You know, is he going to be a piece, a trade piece, or is he going to be like a secondary player or is he going to be a guy they're going to groom to take over for those guys in two years or three years when they're they're leaving or who knows i mean like he's i believe karis lavert is 26 also shout out to the ojs and lavert yo cousins i i I don't know if i think maybe you told me that like a couple months ago and i was like what he's related to gerald lavert (laughs) he also lives uh he lives next door to uh, uh some friends of ours Oh sure, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, not in a mafia way, but just actual friends of ours. <laughs> I've heard. I'm not gonna say because I don't want people to know, like know where he lives. But um, but uh, uh, they say that he's very nice. They say that he's he's really a sweetheart. So <laughs> yeah, Karis Levert. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get off. On that. No, no, no. I was I was just one quick thing. I was like, okay, because he is related to Levert's. I 
was I'm so annoyed whenever I watch a booking game and they say Lavert scored and they don't mention anything about those yeah. his who 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 who's related to, which kills me. Like, can I get like a uh like every time he scores like some like money, money, money or uh love train or some shit? The OJs were fucking sneaky nice, by the way. Dude, anyway. Backstab- backstabbers? Oh, come on, dude. The OJs got hits for days. <laughs> they got hits. They got hits. I don't know any of the names of uh, this other group's songs, but I bet you that the other group that he was in, the wasn't he in the group with Key Sweat and... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Gerald Levert, Key Sweat. LSG? Yeah. <laughs> and who was the third guy? Oh, LSJ. No, it's LSG. It's Johnny Gill. LSG. Johnny Gill. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Gill had a run. Shout out DC, baby. <laughs> Johnny Gill had a run. These, these fucking solo, new edition. Solo again. Yeah. Gerald Lover. I remember watching those videos on MTV or like the box or whatever we had, like the video, the music channel. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think Johnny could dance. And then like when I was a kid, it was like, it was like Johnny could dance. <laughs> That, that new edition song, we're fucking losing our minds over here. That new edition song with the If It yeah, Isn't Love, what? Shout out. That song is incredible. <laughs> yeah, new edition. New edition, man. I'll, I mean, he I had mean, to replace Bobby Brown, but I'm just saying. That was, that was, they were tight. New edition was tight. <laughs> Candy girl, man. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he was. Anyway, I just fucking had a stroke. <laughs> uh, what's, your, what's your next cocktail? All right. My. Next cocktail is another one of my favorite cocktails, and it is a cocktail called The Last Word, which is a delicious light cocktail. It's a it's a gin cocktail, but it's equal parts, and it's got a lot of different things going on. It's gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice, and this is a delicious drink. It's served in a coupe glass up, so it's a drink that you're supposed to drink fairly quickly. And honestly, it goes, it's like, last word is, exa- I, I make it for a lot of people who are looking for something. It fits in that sweet and citrusy category, but it's not super sweet. It's, it's because of the chartreuse, which is another one of those, uh, liqueurs that's made by monks. That's got like a secret fucking secret ingredient list from like, you know, hundreds of years ago. This shit is very fun. Uh, so if you are interested in like history of spirits and stuff this shit is all all very very interesting if you're nerds like like me and George about it but uh but yeah it's a drink where everything is working together and everything if you take them out now it has some strong flavors in there so the gin and the lime juice pretty strong flavors but because of the other and also the chartreuse and the maraschino are are pretty like uh pronounced flavors as well but because they're equal parts and because it's a shake and drink because of the lime juice, it really blends together and it works. It works. They work very, very well together. And that is why they are the Miami Heat, a bunch of different pieces working in concert together. And, you know, you're probably not going to drink. Like I said, it's not going to last you the same length of time that the that an old fashioned is going to last you. You know what I mean? But you're, the idea is you're going to be drinking them fast and enjoying them, and you're going to start to feel it after a while. And that's why uh, they're the Miami Heat because they're another team that the storyline for this season they made the 
the finals last season and they they played against the Lakers and they couldn't pull it out. But I think that they're going to be better this year. I think that I'm not saying that they'll make the championship or win it. Uh, I think that their road is going to be hard, going to be very difficult. And I think that they're not going to sneak up on anyone like they did last year. But uh, that's a good team. And I don't think there's any reason to think that they will not get better. I mean, they're, you know, a couple of their guys who are waning like like a Dragic or even even a Jimmy Butler who's still kind of in his prime, uh, they might be able to give way more this season to guys like Tyler Hero, your your guy. And uh I heard that song, by the way, the other day in the in the car. Uh I've heard a couple I've like I didn't know that guy's name, but I've heard a couple of his songs. It didn't it is like I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked this kid from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh I was gonna say to my buddy, he was like, Do you know what line kills me? He was like, I tell the critics shut up. It's like uh it's like I tell the critics shut up like my show was on. I think it's a great line. Up <laughs> <laughs> oh, like my show is on. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's why uh they are the heat, because the arrow is still pointing up. And uh like I said, last word is a drink that just keeps getting better and better. And it's a also I personally have noticed i believe it's becoming more and more popular i believe that like a lot of people listening right now will be familiar with it and Mm -hmm. i don't think i would have said the same thing you know five six seven years ago just to shout out one of my favorite bars somewhere where you can get a last word they are still serving stuff hopefully they will come back very strong and that's clover club um i really uh i wish that uh that we could all meet at Clover Club and have a nice uh, fancy cocktail before stumbling to some bar to get a to get a PBR in, in Gowanus somewhere. <laughs> um like uh the Yeah, that place is definitely a primer. You don't want to spend your night there. <laughs> Bring a wallet. Oh no, it's a it's great it, bar though. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's it's a date place or like a start start I take like people, you know, who come in from out of town. You start off at Clover Club, get a really nice cocktail, and then, you know, go somewhere else. Also, their food is really Food is great. Anyway, uh, yeah, last word, Miami Heat. George, you're uh, you're on next. So I'm just going to piggyback off of that for just a moment and uh, talk about um, uh, my last cocktail and last place to get this cocktail. And for me, the best bar in New York City is Death & Co., Death and Co. is like the fact that they have like a the place is tiny, like the fact that they have like a waitlist and a bouncer. That's whatever you get inside and you're like you realize why you waited and why why that place is so dope. And uh, the cocktail that like I want to shout out to, by them is called Guns and Rosé, which is one and a half ounce of Old Granddad, one ounce of uh, Lalea Rosé, and one t- t- that's crazy teaspoon of simple syrup. Um, uh, so it's <laughs> it's it sounds aggressive, yeah, but uh, no, I. There's hundreds of cocktails to get at this place. I just happened to shout that one out. Death & Co. is the best bar in New York. Uh, they, I think it was established in 2006, right at the beginning of like the sort of nerd cocktail community. And it's and is held on to be up, at least in the running of all the places that I enjoy going to. And uh, even though that I know that it's going to take a lot for them to get there, just the experience alone of just watching these guys play and the fact that the uh, ownership is just is like, you know what? We're just going to re-up with these guys. Let me add a few more pieces. But we're going to keep that core group together. 
And aside from the Washington Wizards, my favorite team to watch is the Portland Trailblazers. I love CJ and I love Dame. And uh, they added some interesting pieces. They got Rocco, Robert Covington. Uh, Carmelo is cool with coming off the bench. Gary Trent Jr. made the leap in the uh, in the bubble. I think Derrick Jones is good. The Nurkic is gonna is coming back. They're gonna play a full season. Zach Collins is gonna come back in January. There is a world that they they can compete night in night out with everybody else in the West. Just with like the fact that the backcourt is so dope, and they enjoy living in the Pacific Northwest, which is an underrated town. So they are a squad. They they are, and and I I like the fact that they 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 bought into each other, uh, and again like that that ownership, but it's just like you know what we're just gonna re up with these guys, and and they are fully committed to wanting to bring a title to Portland, something that hadn't happened in 50, 40 years, fifty years Oof. since since Bill Walton had long hair, <laughs> but like no, I, I I just enjoyed it, and and it, for me like the the experience of the Trailblazers is is very similar to the experience of Death and Co. It's just it's so much fun and there's a reason why it's the best and Portland granted they're not the best, but like there's a reason why I enjoy enjoy it so much. They might be the most exciting. Absolutely. And they are a team that they, they are like maybe the team that every other fucking team in the Western conference does not want to see in the playoffs. No, you do not want to see Damian Lillard in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen the last, I mean, we do, everybody else does. (laughs) I mean, Everybody else does. It's like I mean, like the, what they did just to get in the playoffs in the bubble was was incredible. Granted, they ran into a buzzsaw in the Lakers, but you know who won Game One? He did something stupid with it, which I love the way he said that. It was very Oakland. So like I had to get out. I had to get out there and get stupid. Uh, they won Game One against the Lakers. Granted, they got the they lost that series, but the fact that these guys were like, you know, we're going, we're going to go out there. I, I love CJ. A full year of healthy Nurkic. Um... Yeah, they and some of those additions that you mentioned, this they're 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 a good team. They're a very good team, and they're yeah, like you said, so much fun to watch. They are fun to watch. It's like definitely they're going to be they're definitely going to be better with Robert Covington. So, uh, and I I like Gary Trent Jr. I like his dad too. So <laughs> his dad his dad was badass. The Shack of the Mac. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Dave, what is your last cocktail? All right, so my last cocktail, I'm going something that is very hot right now. <laughs> it's so hot right now. Hansel, he's so hot right now. Um, and that is a Mezcal Margarita, <laughs> which even though it's hot and trendy, it's still delicious. I mean, it's a fucking Mezcal it's Margarita. Cocktail. It's a great cocktail. It's a margarita with Mezcal. But here's the thing. I think that definitely any so mezcal is something first of all it's a it's the smoky cousin to tequila it's made in much the same way uh it's a product of mexico mostly of the oaxaca region (laughs) um and it's delicious and it's got a lot of smoky flavor a lot of intense flavor um you know a lot of flavor that's similar to tequila coming from agave but it's got a lot more complexity and so it's got a lot of stuff going on. But it's another one of these ingredients that even in a cocktail like the margarita, you can you you have to be careful because if you add like a, the idea of any cocktail is you want the flavors to come together to make a new flavor, but you also want to be able to taste the individual things that the that each ingredient is bringing to the party. And you know, mezcal is one of those ingredients that if you add too much, it's all you're going to taste. So you got to be careful with it. 
like I said, it's easy to go overboard because of those strong flavors. And that is why, and they're also super hot right now. That's why it is the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> because you're relying on those big two guys and then everybody else to kind of fill it out. AD and, and uh, LeBron. And, you know, if you've listened to this show, I, George and I are both on record of being like, well, they don't have enough. Uh, they're probably not going to do it. Well, they did do it and they did have enough. And I actually think that they got better. And, you know, I still think that they're beatable. I think that I also like, you know, anybody who makes in a, in a normal season, in a non COVID season, anybody who makes a prediction of who's going to win a championship at the, like before any games are played, regardless of what happens, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way to know. Like, you who knows? Like, you can make any fucking prediction. Like, it's pretty easy to say the Lakers will repeat. You know what I mean? Like, and it, that might happen, but who the fuck knows? But those two guys, like, they have proven that they are good enough. You just can't run them into the ground in much the same way that you can't. <laughs> overdo the mezcal in a, in a margarita um uh, but uh but yeah like i said i think that they have gotten better they got the, somebody we already mentioned montreal harrell from the clippers um they got rid of dwight howard right they did yeah and mcgee and mcgee yeah that i you know that team like i said i almost like that team more now and they uh they're gonna be interesting who else did they get they got a couple other guys didn't they what they added was the uh, six man of the year and the guy who finished second in the six man of the year. So they got Harold and then they got the, uh, the point guard from uh, Oklahoma city, whose name, it just, just fell out of my brain. Uh, the German guy. Dort. Fuck no. <laughs> um, Oh, Schroeder. Janice Schroeder. Janice Schroeder. Yeah. Janice Schroeder. They got, they added Schroeder. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they, they reloaded, which is what, you know, you're supposed to do. If you win a championship, you got to reload because, Everyone's going to be after you. Yeah, because they, they let Rondo walk, so, so they and, and they got Schroeder to uh, yeah. to replace him. So yeah, so uh, Mezcal Margarita very hot right now, and uh, the Lakers also very hot right now. That's uh, that's it for me. That's it. All right, cool. So we're gonna wrap this uh, section up. The last. Two things I just really quickly want to say, because we've been talking about restaurants, we've been talking about bars. Um, I didn't get to work these points in, but I just want to want to quickly say, if you are going out, please respect the rules. Please respect all the rules that the establishments are placing. I'm sure that all of our listeners are already doing this. I'm sure, I'm sure that they are. But, but it's something that needs to be said, because... We know how difficult it is for for restaurant workers right now and just restaurants in general. And, you know, you don't need to make it more difficult. And if you are going out, remember, tip like crazy. (laughs) Tip tip like crazy. The people really need the help right now. And also, if you are ordering, this is a quick plug. Remember to remember to to use outlets other than seamless and caviar and these uh, delivery services because these delivery services while they are convenient they are very predatory and they take a big cut and they don't really help restaurants very much and you know sometimes it's unavoidable that's the idea behind them that's how they've 
uh, structured that's their business models to make themselves ubiquitous and and we have to use them but you don't have to use them and a lot of times you can order directly from the website of the restaurant you can pick up the phone which we don't do anymore but you can call the restaurant uh i just i just felt that that was necessary to say to ask everyone because you know like i said i i think that a lot of the people that are listening to this are are people that that already know what's up and a lot of you may be restaurant employees um but you know we we feel i mean george is george is still working in a restaurant so go see him and support him if you can um I, I will say I stopped by the other day and it was so nice to then have like another one of our mutual friends come by and like we were just outside at the window and it was like, you know, it was almost like being at the bar again. It was almost like being in a bar. Yeah. I, and it was, I'm about to, we, we talked about the Taylor Swift record, which is, I'm about to cry talking about it. Like it was <laughs> Taylor Swift record or hanging out. Not not the Taylor record, but just the fact that like we had that bar experience. I mean, yeah. isolation and aloneness is really weird. I mean, if I listen to that Taylor Swift record, I probably will cry. But um, um, no, but just like you know the, you know yeah, being in the bar and especially for me who who's done the job for a long time, uh, it was nice to you know part of the reason I I come to George's bar it, normal is is so I can feel like a patron again, you know, um, and get, get that experience and, and not have to worry about doing the job, you know, which sometimes you get lost in when you are a bartender because it, it's a, it's a serious job. It can be a serious job. Can, um, can be a stressful job. You know, I'm sure I can't even imagine right now, but anyway, like I said, I just want to uh, send that out for all y'all stay safe, stay healthy. Um, all right, George, what, uh, what are you looking for? Well, I mean, like, I want to put this on uh, on recording and then uh, because uh, to make sure that, like, because I know we talked about it earlier, but I'm going to attempt to watch the Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. I'm going to pay the 20 bucks on uh, on YouTube. Granted, it was like, it'd be different if I was, like, uh, going out to a bar, but I'm not going to go out. I'm staying at home. I'm going to watch the movie. Got decent surround sound. It's going to be, I probably have to watch with the subtitles because that's, that is one of uh, the many knocks that I have with Christopher Nolan movies. It's like, I don't understand what the fuck anybody's saying. So, so I'm put subtitles on. It's like as an old man, I have to do it too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm like, what's what are these people talking about? <laughs> I, uh, like he gets, uh, I guess he gets uh, like a bad rap. Uh, I enjoy the his, the movie experience. The the my major concern or about his movies is what are they even about? But <laughs> what is like, what is this about? Nope. What is this about? Yeah, I I, I, I have. Yeah, exactly. They are a fun hang. I would say to people, anyone who feels that way, what is this about? I have an answer for you. Nothing. It's about nothing. They aren't actually about anything. And that's okay. That's fine. They're fun. Like George just said, good hang. No, they're, they're, his movies are a good hang. I've, I've seen Inception a lot of times. I have no idea what that movie's about, but I because it's uh, it doesn't lead anywhere. It it, that's what I'm saying. Happens. Like, no, it doesn't actually like. It is what it says it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there is no greater meaning <laughs> whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm going to attempt to watch Tenet probably as soon as I get done recording this podcast. I'm going to make a chicken sandwich. <laughs> uh, oh, shout out to Day with Alakas, by the way. Un- incredible. That was so good. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. I uh it, it makes my uh my little you know my little yamaka covered heart uh happy. All right, so the goal anyway, I'm done talking uh, cool. about tenant. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, the goal with the lockers was to wake up and then like 
like make it and I wasn't sure it was like is like is it a breakfast dish with egg because that was what I was gonna try to do well you know it's did you do that <laughs> no I, I waited till I waited till dinner time and had him with the with my dinner okay because there is no wrong answer okay and the ones that I made, I told you when I dropped them off for you, uh, we won't spend too much time on this, but uh, uh, we're like a little more cakey style, um, uh, Bubby style, grandma style. I never called my grandma Bubby, just for the record. That's, yeah. Um, but, but. Uh, you're talking like Hans, Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm your white knight. That's what I thought you were mentioning. Bub- <laughs> <laughs> Hans, Bubby. But, uh no, like, uh, so I think that they actually would, like, I think that they would be really good with an egg <laughs> because I had some leftover and I didn't do that, but I had that thought too. And I was like, oh, I should do it. But I was just like, eh, I don't, I don't have the energy for that right now. But, uh, yeah, if you got them at like Russ and Daughters or something like, you know, a fancier Jewish deli, that's the kind they would do. And they would put like a poached egg or a fried egg right on top. That's what I'm yeah, talking would, about. Yeah, um, uh, would... No, I put them in the oven. 450 degrees about 10 minutes six to 10 minutes it came out and i was like shit my other items weren't ready but i just started like tearing them up <laughs> and then i started putting the stuff on them i was like i think i think i don't know it's just like in the is like the people do this so i think like a little dollop of hot sauce would have just made that whole thing just pop george you can do whatever you want to do man yeah you can do whatever like that's cool if you were if you were in my family people would be like Where? <laughs> but like yeah, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Like <laughs> what? I was like, I came from a family that never put hot sauce on anything, and now I put hot sauce on everything. So, so don't, don't like it. Yeah. I put hot sauce on salad. <laughs> that, that's a little intense, but <laughs> yeah, I put hot sauce on fucking salad. But if I had lakas with with like an egg on top, I would put hot sauce on it. Definitely, I definitely put hot sauce on it. So yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> Just make sure yeah. it's kosher hot sauce. <laughs> um, we all know the hot, the best hot sauces have pork in them. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, all right, I'm I'm just rambling now. What are you looking forward to? I'm getting back into fantasy basketball. I took a year off because I just got kind of like, I don't know. I think I took it too seriously, <laughs> and like just it was because it was I was in a league that was like super intense, and so many people were taking it so seriously, and it was a keeper league, and I did it for years, and I got very close to winning, but I never won, and. You know, I certainly became bitter and, and, uh, yeah, I, I stopped doing it. But, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me and, uh, he's doing a league. So I'm, I'm doing it again. So wish me luck. Hopefully, uh, my team will do well enough that I'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, as long as it's civil, I think that's the reason why I stopped doing those is because, like, yeah, it turned into like, it was like, and you know what? Yeah. You could go fuck yourself, and I fucking hate your wife. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hope that. I remember, like one of one of my buddies is like, we were talking about another high school friend. who's was like, um, oh, you know, so and so moved up here, and he's like, oh, that motherfucker is like, this is one of our best friends from high school. He's like, that motherfucker sold me fifty fucking dollars, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, he lives up here now. If you want me, to, if you want to see him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm only in leagues where you have to get the money up front. Yeah, okay, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, you got to get that shit up front. (laughs) Yeah, the wives and the the family start getting involved. That's when I'm out. Yeah, that's, no, no, not, it's it's a game. It's a game. But, uh, all right, the only, the other thing I'm looking forward to is I want to get more into small acts. Like, I saw, I talked about it, the Steve McQueen anthology film series. Uh, I saw the one, we saw the one at uh, the film festival. 
that was very interesting. But everybody that I talked to keeps telling me about the first two that they just absolutely love them. Uh, Mangrove and Lover's Rock. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into those. Lover's Rock is like a bit shorter. And I think it's supposed to be a bit more of a tonal piece. It's about uh, the music scene in, in that West Indian neighborhood in London. Um, and uh, yeah, it's supposed to be awesome. And then Mangrove is the other one that's kind of like a longer, it's more of like a traditional like feature length film. And yeah. Where did, the, where did the title come from, Lover's Rock? I assume from just like reggae in general just like as that that's a that's a genre of reggae lovers rock it's a shot a it's a shot a record yeah oh yeah lovers that's rock. true that's a great that's a great record it's a good record but it is a, it's a genre of reggae lovers rock yeah so that's uh that's what i'm looking to get into i've watched a bunch of shit lately like i said i was gonna kind of do that in bar talk but i'll i'll do i'll talk about those uh on a later on a later rep um but uh, yeah, that's that's all I got, George. Anything uh, anything before we sign off here? That's it. That was part one of our our, our NBA the Know Your Roles preview. Uh, part two, we got a we got a fun one. For, we're not gonna give anything away. But we got a fun one for for part two. So um, uh, yeah, no, that's that's it for me. All right, everybody, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, keep each other safe. Yeah. Wear your fucking mask over your nose. Uh, again, uh, you can check out Know Your Roles on. Many platforms. Make sure you rate and review us. Uh, we're excited to be here. Follow us on Instagram, Know Your Roles Pod. Absolutely. Yes, we're gonna be. There's gonna be more and more stuff like that coming. So uh, stay tuned. All right, y'all. We're out. Peace. Peace.